0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Every Square Inch. My name is Robert Cunningham, and what we are trying to do right now with this platform is provide content that speaks to this current crisis. Uh, last week, I interviewed Dr. Charles Kennedy, an infectious disease specialist, and uh, that resource received a lot of attention, and um, by the feedback we're, we're receiving, it seems that it was very helpful. And so I thought I would continue uh, that resourcing effort again this week with two more interviews. Uh, This one is with Chris Lee, another elder at our church. I think right alongside the medical concerns in our country are the financial concerns, and Chris has been working in finance for over 20 years and is someone I really trust, not just from an economic perspective, but as a um, believer, as a follower of Jesus. So I do with him exactly what I did with Dr. Kennedy. I I asked him to talk to me like someone who has no idea about markets and stimulus packages and recessions, recoveries, and all of these things that are dominating the news. Um, I think it helps for me to just play dumb. And in many ways, I am dumb. I'm not playing. (laughs) I am dumb with this stuff. And just let him explain things to me on a basic level, um, in hopes that it will it, it will explain things to you on a basic level. So he has a lot of good things to say, and I think it'll be really helpful, at least it was for me. One thing to note, uh, during the interview, I asked him to give a word to seniors, middle age, and young adults uh, who are listening. And after the interview, there was something else he wanted to, me to pass along to the seniors, in particular, that he wished he would have said. And so he asked me to pass it along. And it's that Um, during a time, during this time for seniors, uh, they need to be extra vigilant about products that sound too good to be true. Uh, It's during a time of panic when a lot of people try to take advantage of that fear and um, feed off of it. And seniors in particular um, need to be mindful of that because uh, seniors are those that get targeted the most for it. So uh, just that's his qualification. There's no quick fixes to our situation. If it seems too good to be true, it is. Um, So I want to make note of that for him. Now, this week, I'm also going to be releasing another interview with a friend and fellow pastor who himself has recovered from COVID-19, and I I think his story will be really helpful for you. I'll let him share his story then, uh, both from a physical and spiritual perspective, and that as well will be coming out later on this week. But that being said, as I have promised and you have been patient, we will get back into our normal rhythm. Um, So here's what you can expect. Next week being Holy Week, um, the week um, that ends in Easter, I'm I'm going to uh, record a podcast that will be my historical defense of the resurrection as historically true. I'm going to do my best to take all the resources that I have consumed over the years and consolidate it down into one podcast uh, that is a defense of the resurrection. Then the following week... Um, I'm going to return to my response to Retin Link and more so to the deconversion series um, that we started before coronavirus uh, seized the the country's imaginations and discussions. Um, Now, the reason why I wanted to do the resurrection defense first, uh, not only because it fits Easter Sunday, but the resurrection's truth is so important to what I want to say in part two of the deconversion series. So that's the plan. Uh, Thanks for adapting with us as we try our best to speak to the crisis that is before us. And with that said, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Chris Lee. All right, so yesterday we had the opportunity to interview uh, Dr. Charles Kennedy and hear his perspective on uh, the. COVID-19 virus itself. um, I thought it'd be helpful to follow that interview up with an expert in the economic field um, who could maybe talk through uh, some of those things as well. Uh, I completely realize uh, that alongside the health concerns are uh, the concerns of what this all means for the economy, and um, many people are out of work. Many people are fearing that their businesses won't be able to survive this. And so, uh, once again, I think it's appropriate for us to turn to an expert. So I've asked another one of our elders uh, at Taste Creek, uh, TCPC, to take some time. Uh, Chris Lee is, I don't even, Chris, you tell us what you do.
1: Sure. Financial advisor for a company, used to be Hilliard Lines, now it's RW Baird. And so we work with individuals, businesses, um to manage their finances, to invest uh wisely the funds that they give to us and to do financial planning as well. So broad based. And and how long have you been doing this? Over twenty years. Over twenty Started years. Started in late ninety nine.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well um here I I told Charlie and I'm gonna tell you the same thing. Talk to me like I'm an sure. idiot because I am an idiot uh <laughs> when it comes to this stuff and and the benefit of letting an idiot talk to an expert is I think a lot of people can relate to me uh, more so than you. And so um, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask questions that I think kind of normal folks like myself are, are wondering. Um, sure. So let's just start with the basics. I What I want you to do is just to explain to me as someone who knows nothing about the market, how it works. Good. I don't even know how this whole thing works.
1: Sure. Sure. So I guess in its simplest form, you know, when people say, tell me about the market or what did the market do today, nine times out of 10, they're referring to the stock market. And that's, that's the one that everybody watches uh, the most. Um, believe it or not, uh, well, there's, there's a bond market as well that is often overlooked, which is interesting because it's significantly larger the stock market. And so both of those markets, the stock bar- market and the bond market, both have an effect on people's finances, on the economy, uh, on companies being willing or being able rather to borrow money. Uh, so there, there's two different markets. When we, when we talk about the market, I guess in this case, the one that's really captured everybody's attention is the stock market. And so on any given day, the stock market opens at 9.30 in the morning. It's open until 4 p.m., uh, for the main trading day, uh, and every day, uh, billions of shares get traded back and forth. Some on the buy side, some on the sell side.
0: All right, what's a share? So, what's a share?
1: So a share. So basically, a share is a fractional piece or a fractional interest in a company. So pick pick any different company that you you can think of that's publicly traded, and if you buy a share of that company. Uh, If you buy a share of Apple, if you buy a share of Exxon, if you buy a share of whatever, then in theory, you own a very, very small piece of that company. Okay. And every day when the market opens, you get to see what those shares are valued, how they're valued, where they trade in terms of a price. Okay. So
0: some days it's worth
1: more, some days it's worth less.
0: Okay. And then I hear, like when I turn on the news, they're saying um, things like, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. There's all mm-hmm. these numbers that I'm right. assuming are indicators of how the market is overall. Is that right. is that is that what those things are?
1: It's correct. Yeah, there's yeah, so the Dow Jones is 30 uh, 30 stocks that make up that index and it's kind of a gauge of the overall market. And it's based on companies in a variety of different sectors, some technology, industrial, energy, financial. Uh, and so, uh, it's, it's been 30 or it is 30 stocks. Then you have a broader index called the S and P 500, which is 500 names, uh, that make up that, uh, index. Okay. Uh, and so those are the two, but the Dow is usually what everybody looks at. That's the one that's followed the, uh, by most of the general public.
0: So the Dow is, is basically a group of, broad stocks that by following that you can kind of follow the trend of the market is what you're saying. Correct. Correct. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. You're, getting it. Right. you're doing good. All right. So, okay. That being said, that's the mechanics of the market. Why has the market decreased so dramatically right now? What is the connection to the pandemic on the market? Sure. So there's really two, uh, to, to distill it down in a simple way, there's
1: two components that really drive how the market behaves. It's price and it's earnings. And so when the market opens and all of these companies trade, you know what the price is of all these different companies. You can see it every day, minute by minute, second by second. The reason that that the coronavirus has had such a profound impact on the market is because the earnings component, what a specific company might make in terms of revenue, no one knows what the earnings are going to be. When you look at the businesses that are going to shut down and we don't know when the virus will peak, we don't know how things are going to be affected as far as supply chains out of China or when people can start going to Starbucks uh, again and that kind of thing. So because we don't know, don't have that visibility, we don't know what the E is, what the earnings are going to be, then in many cases the market will often overshoot so it may overshoot on the upside if things are good and oftentimes it will go and it will price in or it will overshoot on the downside and price in a a worst case scenario so to speak uh of of what these companies could potentially make does that make sense
0: yeah so you're so i I I didn't know that so the the e the earnings is connected Mm -hmm. that 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 impacts the price yep Okay. Uh,
1: there's a, a, in the short term you know you have people trading and that kind of thing but the, the the I guess the the gold standard or the way that people would approach that would be that earnings ultimately drive the market. What a company makes ultimately determines over the long term what that company should be worth. And so obviously the more a company makes the more in theory their shares would be worth and then vice versa.
0: I got it. And so if you it. don't
1: know what the E is then it's hard to value that.
0: Okay, so so does that mean when it starts going out, down everybody starts sh- selling their shares before they lose more money? Is that is that what's taking place?
1: Yeah, so there's there's a lot of different reasons and we don't there's some that are that are more complex than others, but But yes, one of the simpler ways to look at it would be people that maybe don't have either a long-term time horizon or maybe a shorter-term approach would say, because I don't know what these companies are going to make and because the risk has gotten greater that uh, that they may not make as much money, I'm gonna sell today. And if you have a large number of sellers, a larger number of sellers than you do buyers, then again, supply and demand, it's going to drive that price that lower of okay. those stocks.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So, all right, now I'm just going to ask a question that's meaningless, but I've always wondered. Uh, sure. What, the selling and the buying and everything, is that, what, mm-hmm. is that what's going on in that room on Wall Street? Is that, where, what, what's, what's the deal with everybody packed into a room shouting and all that stuff that you see on movies? Is that what's going right. on?
1: so yeah that that is the exchange that's ultimately where all the shares and the trading takes place N- now like today a vast majority the vast percentage of the trades that take place are electronic right
0: so that's what um, that's what so, i was assuming like can you now, do all this so all they,
1: yeah but the guys on the floor uh whether it's market makers or traders or whatever they the human component does allow cuz a computer is just going to do whatever it's programmed to do okay. and if there are dislocations or if there are things where the market's not functioning properly that human component can step in and kind of fix some of these things but in you know you go back decades uh, ago it was what they would call open outcry where basically the order would get sent to the floor and those traders would yell back and forth and come up with prices and, hey, I've sold this many shares at this price. Well, I'll take them at this price, and then
0: Unbelievable. they'd, they'd yeah.
1: make the trade, yeah.
0: That's cool. Okay, all right, off the market. Well, I guess still mm-hmm. on the market, but this is what mm-hmm. I want to know. Can you, mm-hmm. explain, um, can you explain outside of wealthy folks who have big portfolios and they're watching that number and all that stuff, mm-hmm. Versus the vast majority of us, um, people like me, who don't necessarily have all these investments tied up in the market, why does that, why does the market affect someone like me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and and you, you hear that a lot from, from people. Well, I don't, you know, I don't have, I don't own shares in this company or whatever. But a, a large percentage of people uh, or a, a growing percentage of people do have retirement plans. And so if you're putting money in a 401k or 403b or or something like that, then in theory, you've got some sort of exposure to the stock market. Um, There are other people too, uh, even if you um, don't have a retirement plan, um, but you have money in a savings account. Well, movements in the market may dictate uh, where the Federal Reserve might put interest rates, and so if rates may go up, rates may go down, and so we're used to be able maybe be yep. able to get a fair amount of interest on your savings account. Right now, interest rates are at zero, right. uh, and so you're not really earning much. Um, it has an effect on mortgage rates. That's more in the bond market, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it, it would have an effect um, on on how costly it might be for you to. To, to borrow money to buy a house. Um, it also ha- has an individual effect on um, really just on the, the economic conditions as a whole uh, and on companies as a whole. Um, it, can, it can allow them to grow their business if the market is doing well. Uh, it can cause a lot of strain on companies if the market is doing very poorly. Uh, and cause them to have to make financial decisions that might be pretty painful as far as layoffs, as far right. as uh, closing stores, that kind of thing. So it ha- it does have a pretty broad and far-reaching uh, effect, and not just on people's wallets or their portfolios.
0: Yeah, so the person that's living paycheck to paycheck or hourly mm-hmm. earners, um, they need a healthy market so that people have money to employ them and pay them. And when the market crashes, it trickles down all the way to all of us, in a sense. It
1: does. And and I guess a current example would be, if you look at what's going on with oil prices right now, Uh uh, the, the price per barrel of oil has just gotten killed for a variety of reasons. It's significantly lower than where it was. So what has happened is that's caused a lot of different oil companies for their share prices to go down. Now, some people would say, well, it doesn't matter, I don't own them, or good for me, it helps with gasoline prices. And and that piece is right. It does help from a gas price perspective. But what, what it also does now, the United States is now an exporter of oil, where we used to not be. We used we now can sell our oil to other countries. And so what happens is, when the price of oil goes down, consequently, the price of of the shares of oil companies go down it makes it harder for them to be able to borrow money. It makes it tougher for them uh, as far as um, the growth of their business, how much money they can invest. It's going to result potentially in layoffs. Uh, there, there's a lot of of kind cascading effects just within that particular sector. So uh, it, it's, it's a much bigger issue uh, than simply I don't own shares or I don't have money in the market. It really impacts a all things economic uh, when it comes to uh, how the market behaves.
0: Okay, so we're all interconnected in a free market mm-hmm. society, um, which which we both agree is a, a free market society is the best way to go. That being said, can you then explain the reasoning behind what the government passed yesterday, the stimulus package, meaning what is the purpose of a stimulus package um, mm-hmm. besides just sending – P- people money who need money. What what what's mm-hmm. what's going on with that in in terms that I can understand?
1: Sure. So the biggest component of our economy is consumer spending. You know, the government can spend money on different things and that, you know, that that's fine, but when you look at what ultimately drives our economy, it's people like me and you engaging in commerce. Uh I earn money. Therefore, I take that money and I go out and buy a product or I buy a service. And as long as that operates smoothly or if that operates in a more rapid fashion or more uh, effective fashion, uh, if if I buy more of a certain good, then that's good for that company that I'm buying that product from. When in this case where commerce has essentially stopped in a lot of different sectors – uh, people are not going out and buying things or uh, engage, you know, having people do different services for them because they're not allowed to. Uh, that is a huge disruption to our economy. And so what the federal government was trying to do is step in and say, OK, because small business owners, because people either have a business that they're not bringing in any money or they've gotten laid off from a job or a business that's not bringing in any money Mm -hmm. in order to provide them with with capital, with with finances, with cash, we have to step in and essentially give them something somewhat of a bridge until we get to the other side of this uh of this virus and so it's and it won't be dollar for dollar in many cases what a lot of these people would make Mm um but the hope is that it's close the hope is that it's enough to let uh, a vast majority of either businesses or employees that have lost their jobs get to the other side of this where we can start to pick back up the normal economic activity uh and a lot of that's going to depend on how long we're offline Mm-hmm. So to speak, as mm-hmm. far as how long this goes. If we're talking weeks, then then that's doable. If we're talking months, that that starts to get pretty ugly for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. So, and and I get that with the government sending me a check, um, mm-hmm. and and you may not have had the time. It's it's all breaking news. You may not have time to sure. actually look at the stimulus package. But what are sure. they doing for businesses? Is there a so, component to this that they're helping? Yes
1: yes so yeah there it's it's multiple different facets and 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 two of the ones that they've discussed uh and there's there's stuff in the financial markets it's it's all kinds of stuff but so in addition to just sending just individual consumers or employees people that have lost their jobs sending them a check in the mail one of the things that they're doing for smaller businesses not for the huge corporations of the world but for the mom and pop businesses Uh that are closed now is they're essentially saying, "Hey, we're going to give you, we're going to loan you money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if you you can apply through the SBA, the Small Business Association, you can you can apply to get a loan." Uh, from us for, say, a period of three months. And let's say that you and I have a business and that we we borrow um, $100,000 from the SBA just mm-hmm. to keep paying our employees and to keep our doors open. Uh-huh. And then in three months, we're able to open that business again. What the government's saying is, if you borrow this money, it, it, it comes to you in the form of a loan, mm-hmm. but if you if you use that money wisely and don't lay off any of your employees and keep your business going in the way that it currently is, then it's a forgivable loan. It's basically a grant huh. where they would say, OK, you know what? No harm, no foul. Now, that, that was the original drafting of that bill. Yeah. I don't know, you know the devil's in the details, but that's right. the way it was originally designed. Uh, would be that it was a forgivable loan in the event that the business stays open and retains all of their employees. So where, and, where,
0: where does the – I mean I, I guess the obvious question is where does the government get $2 trillion? Yeah,
1: Ultimately, they uh, – you print money or you borrow it, and, and that's ultimately what's going to happen is that yeah. they're – uh, and that's where the bond market comes in when you look at I – mean, they're, they're ultimately going to borrow this money, finance this in the Treasury market, um, $2 trillion. Um, thankfully, interest rates are low, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's how, that's how they're going to do it. Okay. Um, and uh, and it's, it's one of those things where, yes, we, we need to be concerned about the debt and the deficit and that kind of thing. But when you're in the midst of something like this, the, it, it would be far more catastrophic to not do anything Got it. Uh, than to try to at least get a bridge to get to the other side of it. So,
0: so care about national debt, just not in the middle of a pandemic. Correct. Okay. That's right. All right. How panicked should the general public be? I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the, uh, the economic side effects. How panicked mm-hmm. should the general public be? Um, should we be doing anything differently? Or should we be doing things to prepare? What's your assessment? I know you don't have a crystal ball, but mm-hmm.
1: what's your assessment? Um, yeah, so what I would say it, it's it's several fold. one One thing, if if our government and if the Federal Reserve, if they were not taking the steps that they were currently taking
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to mitigate this problem, um, then I would say it would there would be good reason to be very nervous.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, the good news is that we've taken several pages out of the playbook of 2008, 2009, um, in the middle of another financial yeah. crisis and have taken dramatic steps. And the good news is taken not only dramatic steps, but steps in a very rapid way. Whereas in 08, 09, it took us a long time to kind of get there. They've done this in a very, very short period of time to really try to stem uh, you know, the, the tide. So that's a good thing. Uh-huh. Um, I think the other uh, piece of this is if, and it looks like even if you look at numbers from China, if you look at numbers for, even with Italy, with how bad that's been, that their numbers are starting to level off, that we know there's a, an other side to this. Uh-huh. And so uh, that if, if this was something where we didn't have you know, we didn't have any hope of uh, of making any kind of headway or we weren't doing any of the the, the social distancing, any, anything. We were just kind of saying, you know what, we're going to let this thing run its course in months and months and months. Then, yeah, it, it would be a significant issue economically. But I, I do think that a lot of the steps that we've taken um, are going to hopefully make the virus, um, this type of thing, go, uh, I guess, in a shorter fashion. Um, okay. But on that,
0: the others, that's interesting because what I'm seeing in public dialogue seems to be a little bit of a competition between the medical experts and the economists, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where the economists are like saying, "Let's rush in, and I mean, they're not saying I I don't want to be callous. I don't think they're yeah. uh, but they're they're saying we really need this to be short. We need to get everything up and running mm-hmm. again to save the yep. economy and the and the, and yep. the physicians are saying no we need to be really careful here and not spike this yep. this pandemic um but you're saying you think the social distancing and taking it seriously th- and this by the way this is what charlie said yesterday when i interviewed him is like this really is the best way to save the economy because by doing this we get we get rid of this we get rid of this virus as quickly as possible um by doing I, this i and- think
1: yeah i i would say i i'm i am in the um I would be in the middle of this that if, if you are looking at shutting down things from an economic perspective for an extended period of time, months and months, that is that that would be a, a pretty um, that would be a pretty ugly scenario economically. Yeah. And, and I don't know that we can do that. Uh, but at the same time, it would be ugly from an economic perspective for us not to do anything. Uh-huh. And so somewhere in there is a balance of we we are going to have to look at all of this and say, how can we move forward and help businesses? Because we cannot leave them closed for an yeah. extended period of time. Uh, but we also need to weigh the health factors, too. So it, it, it's a very delicate balance and one that we're going to have to really um, navigate carefully. Um, but I, I think, too, when you say how scared should we be or how nervous should we be, I I would say take a step back and look at where we were a month ago uh, when the market essentially in, in, I guess, early to mid-February was hitting all-time highs. Mm-hmm. When the market when is going just gangbusters and everyone's making money, that is not the time uh, for you to really – Um, That's not the time where people really have a good understanding of risk Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's easy. It's easy to make money when the market's doing like when Mm -hmm. it's going like that. This is the time that you really, as an investor, a saver, whoever, if you have any type of investment account, this is where you really take a hard look at, Okay, what kind of. Risk profile? Do I want to have for my account? Mm-hmm. Uh, is the fluctuation just completely um, taking over my thoughts? Taking you know, am I worried sick about what the market's doing every day? That kind of thing. Um, that's where you really need to take a hard look at that um, because. Uh, this, this is ultimately the, a great stress test for people's accounts and for people's time horizon and, and yeah. how it affects their spending habits. That, that's really – those are the conversations we're having a lot with clients now um, just to get a better idea of, of what their risk profile really
0: is. Well, what in your opinion – and this may be a question you can't answer um, – in your opinion, um, is this different than 08, 09? Are, are we looking at, you know, there, there's some really um, mm-hmm. panicky stuff out there mm-hmm. in, in the media and on the internet of, I mean, mm-hmm. talks of Great Depression and things like yeah. that. Do, do you think this is different? Is this something unique because it's a pandemic and we were at all time high? Mm-hmm. We got to get the virus passed and mm-hmm. then we're going to get right back to it? Or mm-hmm. how do you see this playing out? Yeah, so I
1: think, you know, there, we always joke in our industry uh, that uh, as far as the saying, it's different this time because a lot of times it isn't. But, But in this particular case, this is something that is somewhat unique in that most of the market crises that we have faced or that we have gone through have been related to something financial. And so you've got a playbook for that When it comes to different financial uh, Uh, issues, and oh eight oh nine, it was the housing market, mortgage, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And so, in this particular case, with it being a biological crisis Mm -hmm. that in tune and in turn led to a financial crisis or a financial uh, issue, it is somewhat different in that the Federal Reserve can only do do so much. They're on the monetary side. Same thing with the with Mm -hmm. you know the Treasury and that kind of thing. So. Um, now, that being said, even though it is different with it being biological, there are similarities out there in ways, and that's why I think it's been good to see the Federal Reserve response to this, because they've responded in ways similar to okay. 08, 09, okay, and and so they've taken the necessary steps to try to mitigate some of this. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is, it is different, but there's enough similarities there uh, to where... Yeah, You know, I, I think we've got a good enough playbook to, to try to figure this thing out.
0: I, I have a feeling uh, that on the other side of this, there's going to be such an outpouring of, I mean, I'm planning on eating at every restaurant I can and, you know, buying at, you know, boutiques here in town. Like, I just, I, I feel like there's a sentiment of a collective uh, desire to do everything we can to support local businesses and and whatnot. Um,
1: sure. I I agree. I I think the consumer is is definitely, I mean, yeah, we're all pent up right now in our houses and we can't, we can't go out and engage in the normal commerce. So yeah, I think that's going to have a significant impact as far as how people approach spending money. And, and I think, I think the other thing too, that it's going to give, and and this isn't a a recommendation, it's more just a broader thing. I think it's going to make people take a hard look at, how much you know? When we say I'm going to have a, a, an emergency fund, I'm going to uh-huh. save money for emergencies. I think this this whole thing is going to give them a new category for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas before it was just uh, if the car breaks down or whatever. I think it's going to have have an effect on people in terms of the kind of liquidity yeah. uh, that they may have on hand and, and a variety of things. And those are all questions that we'll get to when we get to the other side of this thing.
0: Yeah, but but in in, in some ways these are positive. Um, outcomes of, yes, of times like sure. this, where people kind of get recalibrated. Um, okay, our church is a multi-generational church. Um, people mm-hmm. who listen um, to this stuff are are across the generations. Tell me what you would say mm-hmm. to the, the whole spectrum. So seniors who are watching mm-hmm. their retirement account just get mm-hmm. decimated, uh, mm-hmm. folks like me in their 40s that, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, you know personally i don't i don't have a lot of money but i'm trying to save as best i can for retirement um sure college students you know Mm -hmm. uh young adults who are just now starting give me uh give me your advice across the board Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah uh man that's a great question and one that that is one it well it's it's somewhat difficult to answer in that. Even if you look in within the group of say seniors, There, you know, people are all over the board as far as what their financial situations are and risk tolerances. What what I would say, what I would say to, to seniors, um, man, I, I think this is why, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm Monday morning quarterbacking this thing, but it certainly makes a difference in terms of, of what type of risk profile you have uh, in your account. Uh, and this is why you want to make sure that you're diversified, um, mm-hmm. meaning you own a variety of different things and not just put a lot of your money in one particular uh, area of the market. Um, I, I think to them, too, what I would say in the midst of this is if you work with an advisor, if you do this on your own, I think the big thing to consider is, how much money am I taking out of my account? And is it uh, at a level, am I taking out too much um, with where my account has dropped? So if my account has dropped a lot in value, Mm -hmm. and I'm taking out uh, the same amount of income that I was six months ago, um, you know what, it, it may be something that you would want to take a look at. Do we change our expenses, our expenditures, rather, for the mm-hmm. foreseeable future uh, just to let things recover? Uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation, especially with how low uh, interest rates are. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I think that, that it's going to cause seniors to, to take a look at maybe – some of the gifting that they do, or it may cause them just to have an honest conversation with their kids and say, you know what, for the time being, we had planned on leaving X amount to you and your and your sister or whoever. We're actually going to have to change that because of of where things are financially. Um, and so, you know, again, it, that I, I don't want that to sound negative. I just say that as more of a temporary thing, just to get people get through to where yeah. they don't do irre- irreparable damage uh, to their, to their portfolios, um, from a middle-aged, um, standpoint and, and, even the, the young adults, I think, um, you know, I, I, I want to be careful saying, oh, it's a great time to invest, or it's a terrible time to invest. And I, I don't want to push anybody one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do think that it is worth everyone, especially the, the middle-aged, uh, and even, and even the seniors for that matter of take a look at your account. And granted, yeah, everybody's accounts have fluctuated. But if that movement in the account is too much for you to handle, if, if, if that is over the top, that it, it has caused you too much anxiety, then that would be a good sign for you to really explore maybe changing what that investment mix looks like going forward um, and understanding that, you know what, maybe the trade-off uh, of me not making every dollar on the upside is worth Saving myself some of the pain on the downside, and that's really a, only a question that that each individual can answer. Yeah. Um, for For middle age and really for young adults too, I, I think you really have to have an honest conversation about how much liquidity do we have, how much money and savings do we have, and, and what is our what is our debt profile look like? Um, you know, people that don't have explain um, debt profile. Meaning, um, are we? Do we buy too big of a house? Do we borrow too much money I got uh, and buy too big of a house? Did we, uh, instead of paying cash for one car, uh, did we borrow and and you know and buy too expensive of a car? If your debt is too big versus what you make from an income standpoint. Um, that's, this type of environment is really where that comes out.
0: Is, is, um, um, is there a number that's a healthy debt profile? Like if you look at a percentage, um, of your, your income going to a mortgage, you know, that's, that that
1: is, It's one of those things where if you ask 10 different planners or 10 different uh, advisors that you'd probably get a different number. Um, you know, we have some, but, but again, a lot of that is, um, you know, if you're a small business owner and you don't have a ton of cash laying around in your account, you're going to have to borrow money. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of the reality of the situation. So we don't want to paint it all with a broad uh, brush. Uh, but I, I just think that the more that, that in the midst of this crisis uh, and in the midst of this, um, of, of this turmoil in the markets, the more that you can uh, really take a hard look at, uh, at things, this stress test ultimately – is going to be good in helping you make better decisions on the other side of this. Just like if you went to the doctor and had a stress test, uh, for your heart and they would tell you, okay, this is kind of where you are from a health perspective Mm. and allow you to make better decisions going forward. That's exactly what's going on in the market right now.
0: That makes total sense. Yeah. So, so, um, I mean, at the end of the day, we probably just need to call it what it is. I'm putting my pastor hat on here, but, but we absolutely are a culture of, of reckless spending and, um, a lot of us irresponsibly so and and this is this is kind of a wake-up call to evaluate your lifestyle evaluate your priorities and all those different things
1: yeah just yeah ultimately just a a, a giant question of stewardship yeah and you know how, how are we in, in in times of prosperity or in times of uh, where things are thin um, how are we going to steward the assets that, that God's given us yeah. a, in a way that that, uh, that glorifies Him?
0: And I am assuming, speaking of stewardship, I am assuming as an elder of the church and talking to a pastor that, as scary as it is, our generosity in the hour of need is as important, if not more. Um, you know, there there are a lot of there are a lot of needy people, and certainly the local mm-hmm. church. Um, is a needy institution, and I mean we we can't we can't forget um, that this money isn't ours, and it's given by God to be used uh, for mercy and justice and whatnot. Yeah. E- even now, even now, it's and, scary, and, that's, scary.
1: It, and that's the great kind of conundrum in this whole thing is that the, you know the, the irony is that in a time where people's portfolios and people's incomes have gone down. This is often the time to be even more generous uh, than in times of of prosperity. Not, not that it. Hopefully, that makes sense. No, I know what you're saying. The the need is far greater uh, now. uh, In that, there are a whole lot of people now financially that are in tough positions that weren't even two months ago. And my,
0: and my challenge, particularly to those who have a lot more resources and wealth than. Than the average folks, you know, my challenge has been that this hour is uniquely important for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many people that just flat out are not able to give right now, um, but there are right. those who do have the means to yep. keep, um, you know, to, to to keep good philanthropies afloat, good nonprofits, and certainly local church going um, mm-hmm. by by saying, "All right, this this is my hour for me to step up." The Lord's blessed me. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, toward that end, and, and I'll let you go. Um, sure, I know I know you're busy. Take off your financial planner hat, put on your elder mm-hmm. hat. What would you say to our people who are anxious, not just over their health but their finances? What What would mm-hmm. be a word to them?
1: Man, that is uh, that's a great question. And, I, and honestly, when I, I read through this, and I I've been thinking about this a lot, um, and and in dealing with with people that have a kingdom perspective versus people that have a worldly perspective. And, and let me be clear. We're all, we all struggle with this. So right. it's not that if, you know, if, if we're believers that we don't struggle with, uh, with this, we all do. Um, but just, just from a a firm knowledge and foundation of that. We know the Lord is going to take care of us mm. no matter what. Mm. And, and, and going back to what we talk about of that our circumstances are not an indicator of God's love mm. um, in, in that if, if, Hey, if I have a whole lot more money then God loves me more, or if I have less that he loves me, that that's simply not true. That, that mm. ultimately the cross is the indicator of how, how much God loves us. Uh, And there's no there's no dollar amount that you associate with that. I mean, it's impossible um, that that you had Jesus Christ sacrifice uh, his own life um, to forgive our sins. um, And that um, so, again, it it, it has nothing to do with our circumstances. I think I think the other thing that I would say is on the other side of this and there will be the other side of this and, and yep. we will, I am confident we will get through this and we will be okay. I My hope and prayer would be that this, this season doesn't leave our thinking in mm. that as we approach giving on the other side of this, and as we approach stewardship, as mm. we approach financial responsibility, that we will have this as a category uh, for making better decisions yeah. uh, going forward. Um, and and uh, from not just an individual perspective, but from a church perspective um, mm. and and yeah. how we love others well uh, on the other side of this.
0: Amen. Don't forget this lesson that the Lord is teaching us. All right. Well, aren't you glad the gospel's free? That, uh... <laughs> I am. Correct. Yeah, my All right, mom. brother. Hey, I'm thankful for you. Um, I know it's stressful for you. Um and people that you're working with on a day in, day out basis, just like it is for the medical community, um, I know you're, mm. I know you're dealing with a lot of uh, hurting people. So we're praying for mm. you. Thankful. Um, Thank you. for your leadership and uh, and for your time.